Worldview Update, bringing you closer to international news. 21 minutes after 6 this Friday morning. Good morning in Gaza. The health ministry says 7,000 Palestinians have now died as a result of the attacks on this trip by Israel. There's still plans underway for Israel to launch a ground offensive in Gaza. Meanwhile, the U.S. has hit what they describe as Iranian targets in Syria. The U.S. accused groups backed by Iran of attacking their personnel in the region. Tonight, the United Nations Security Council again due to discuss another resolution, this time brought by Jordan, to try and resolve the conflict that I suppose began, depending on how you see it, but with the Hamas attacks on Israel. So far, the resolutions at the UN Security Council, brought by the US and by Russia, have been vetoed. In other words, the U.S. uh, resolution was vetoed by Russia. Uh, Russia vetoed the U.S. resolution. Musum Dunga is a political analyst uh, watching all of this, based at the University of Dundee in the U.K. Musa, good morning and thanks for getting up so early. Thank you so much, Stephen, for having me. Good morning to you and to your listeners. We've been talking for years and Africa has been talking for years about how broken the United Nations is, about how it doesn't work. Is this proof of that? I mean, I can't see how the U.N. at this stage can broker any solution to this conflict. Indeed, Stephen, you know, what we see happening in the United Nations is a clear indication that the system is broken and so called by countries in the global south, including South Africa, for the United Nations to be reformed, particularly when we look at the Security Council, there is a need for this particular organ to be reformed in order that, number one, it reflects today's um, power dynamics, but two, that it is more effective and not used as a tool by great powers to extend their interest at the detriment of the rest of the world. And what we see here happening is exactly that, is that the people of Palestine, and I would say in effect, the people of Israel themselves are the greatest losers in this particular deadlock that we see in the United Nations. Um, In the meantime, I mean, the U.S. is hitting Iranian targets in Syria, and the big concern is that this conflict could start to spread, and the U.N. probably would be powerless then too. Indeed. Unfortunately, you know, the United States has not been a, an honest broker of peace in the Middle East and particularly the issues around Palestine and Israel. And, you know, for years, proposals around a two state solution have been put forward. And unfortunately, given the, given the, the alliance between the United States and Israel, that has been hard to come by. And then secondly, we see within the region, you know, America's, uh, you know, the American peace, Pax Americana, has failed in that particular region. And what we do see happening is the rise of other players in the region who are also putting their names up as potential power brokers and peace brokers. And we see this with the deal, for example, that China was able to break between, you know, Iran and Saudi Arabia. Now, you know, you know, the United States was potentially going to win something had it managed to broker peace between Saudi Arabia and Israel. But of course, this particular conflict puts a pause on that. And it will be interesting to see whether the great powers will come together in the name of ensuring global peace and security in a time of great uncertainty, as we see the continued conflict in Ukraine, given the Russian invasion in that country. Within all of this um, was the BRICS summit uh, in Santon, and it was there that, as I understand it, for the first time, both Russia and China publicly said that the United Nations Security Council needs reform. And the reason that's important is that they both countries that carry vetoes. Now, they may have said it, and it, it may be that our president was able to bully them into saying it. 
I still don't see them giving up their veto. It works for them. I mean, it works for the United States. It works for China. It works for France. It works for the UK. It doesn't work for anyone else. Well, certainly, I mean, for, for them, if, if we think about it, it, does, it doesn't make sense for them to give up that, that, that power. But it also depends on what else they have to gain. And it's all about the calculation that, you know, state, state actors exercise. And in this case, is it, to, is it to the benefit of countries like China and Russia to really be more open to, you know, an inclusion of other countries such as a South Africa or an Egypt and other players in the global, global peace initiative? Is it, is it to, to their benefit to have these countries join in? And if so, we are likely to see greater calls by these countries for such a reform if they believe that through the reform of the Security Council, they can continue to exercise influence over how the global system is governed. And that's really then where the debate is. It's who is going to control this particular reform, reform process because all these countries, all permanent members have spoken of a reform in some form or shape. The problem is, do they see the benefit for it? And I don't think that calculus has featured in their minds as yet. And until that day, we're going to continue to see a talk shop without any concrete movement towards any kind of reform that really then puts at the top, at the center, peace and security of the whole of the global economy and the world, rather than the interests of a few states. Muslim Dungat, thank you very much indeed. Political analyst based at the University of Dundee in the UK. Really do appreciate the time. A lot of talk still, of course, uh, from Netanyahu this week of a ground invasion into Gaza.